Well, if you would, go ahead and turn with me to Acts chapter 3. And we're going to start in verse 19 and the Amplified. It's good to see everybody. Uh, we just got back. Uh, we've been over in Australia for 12 days and got back. Uh, a, I don't know. We've been home Friday. Uh, and just God is doing so many great things over there. So thank you for praying for us and, and being there with us. Uh, as we're doing what God's called and created us to do, expanding the kingdom. He said, we're going over there to reach the lost and develop leaders. So that's what we're doing. And uh, So we've been talking about restoration. Have you been getting something out of the Word? Yeah. You know, I know the whole team has just done an outstanding job of just laying out God's heart where restoration is for you and I. And that God desires for each and every one of us to walk in restoration. And every one of us could get up here and we could uh, share our list of areas that the devil has stolen from us. Because that is what he does is he kills, steals, and destroys, right? But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And we've learned how important it is to, to, as we stay in the process, to get fed up with the areas that the enemy has robbed from us. Whether it's in our business, whether it's in our families, whether it's in our physical bodies, our finances, any area that he's robbed from us, no more. And I know that God is wanting to stir this family, this body of believers, to get us to the place where we think restoration, where we believe restoration, where we talk restoration, where anything that we come up against in our life, we automatically and already know the end result, and that is restoration. So in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, we're going to talk about developing a restoration mentality tonight. So with that in mind, let's start in verse 19 in the Amplified. It says, so repent, change your mind and purpose. Now before we go on any further right there, I want you to think about the way you think about restoration. How do you think about restoration? He says, change your mind and purpose, how do you think about restoration? Not only how do you think about restoration, but change your mind and your purpose. What is, now, now do this with me, whenever you see yourself walking in complete restoration, what is the first thing you think of? Because we've learned we've got to see it, we've got to conceive it, in order to walk in it. So he says, change your mind and change your purpose. What's the purpose behind you being completely restored? What are you going to do when you're completely restored? What is your motive behind asking God... To restore every area of your life. What is your, your intent? What is your purpose? Purpose, first and foremost, do you know your purpose? Do you know why you're here? Do you know why you're gifted the way you're gifted? Why you're wired the way you're wired? Why, why, why you have the thoughts that you have? Why you have the giftings that you have? Do you know your purpose? He says, change your mind and change your purpose. Do you know your purpose and do you know the purpose for restoration? James chapter 4, hold your place there in Acts, and let's go over to James chapter 4. 
What's your purpose? What's your motive behind walking in restoration? Now, this is where we've got to be real with ourselves, right? What is my motive of being completely restored? Because if my motive isn't right and I walk in complete restoration, then next thing I know, we look up and we haven't been to church in two months. Because we're enjoying our restoration apart from the one who restored us. And so we've got to locate what is my motive for being restored. Is it so I can sit on a beach and and have an umbrella drink? Well, if you do, get on back here, okay? Enjoy yourself, but get on back here quickly. (laughs) And do what you're called and created to do. What is your motive? What is your purpose for walking in restoration? James chapter 4, verse 2 It says, you're jealous and covet what others have, and your your desires go unfulfilled, so you become murderers. To hate is to murder as far as your hearts are concerned. You burn with envy and anger and are not able to obtain the gratification, the contentment, and the happiness that you seek, so you fight in war. You do not have because you do not ask, or you do ask God for them and yet fail to receive because... You ask with wrong purpose and evil, selfish motives. Your intention is when you get what you desire to spend it in sensual pleasures. You're like an unfaithful wives having illicit love affairs with the world and breaking your marriage vow to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy of God. So once again, I want us to think about what is our motive and what is our intent when we're asking God to restore our life. Is it to build us or is it to build Him? Build His kingdom. Expand the kingdom. Use your gifts and talents to make a difference. God doing a work in us and God doing a work through us to touch the people around us. What is my motive and what is my intent? So he says, so repent, change our mind, say change my mind mind. and my purpose. purpose. Now he goes on and he says, turn around, go back to Acts chapter three. He says, turn around and return to God that your sins may be erased, blotted out and wiped clean. Pause. If you're not right with God, I want to encourage you to go ahead and go inward right now and get right with God. But I want you also to picture what would your life look like if we truly believed that the blood of Jesus was powerful enough to wipe away every sin, the remnant of sin, totally erased. Like if we were to draw a line here and we turn, 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 turn around... And we truly believe that we stand in the presence of God as though sin has never existed before in our life. Not one drop of sin, not one ounce of sin. What would that feeling be like? What would your confidence be like? What would your your thought processes be like? Because this is where we are. This is where we stand right now as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, if we return to the Lord, the Bible says He's erased and blotted out. This is how we stand completely free. This is how we are completely free. Sin no longer has dominion and authority over us. Satan no longer has dominion and authority over us. 
Demons no longer have dominion and authority over us. This is how we are, church. We are in Him. He is in us. Erased, blotted out, cleansed. Can you see yourself standing there, looking forward, ready to embrace what God has promised you and I? What's He promised you and I? Restoration, what's He promised you and I? Um, wholeness, what's He promised you and I? Flourishing, what's He promised you and I? A great breaking loose, what's He promised you and I? He says, so change your mind and change your purpose. So that, that can happen real quickly, right? All we got to do is go inward, and if our mind hadn't been right, Lord, I'm bringing my thinking in alignment with your word. If my purpose and my motive have been off, I ask you to forgive me, and I get my purpose right. That's right. And I stand cleansed. Verse 19, return to God that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, that times of refreshing, times of refreshing. Remember the time of refreshing when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That was the time that qualified you for times of refreshing. In other words, it happens over and over and over again. Times of refreshing. Now see yourself. Remember, there's no sin. No, no effect of sin. No, no condemnation. No sense of sin. No inferiority. No condemnation. You're totally free. You are set free from the power of darkness. You are standing before Almighty God, confident, with eyes set forward. You're going somewhere. You know who you are in Christ Jesus. And you're sitting there ready to embrace everything the Father is promising you. And He says, you've qualified yourself for times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. When? Tomorrow? No, right now. Right now. Refreshing right now. Faith is always now. Refreshing now. Say now. Now. Listen to this definition of refreshing. Of recovering of breath. Revival. Revive. Restore. Energize. So times of refreshing. Times of refreshing in the Amplified, of recovering from the effects of heat. Has any area of your life been under some heat? Maybe your marriage has been under some heat. Maybe your business has been under some heat. Maybe your finances have been under some heat. Maybe whatever it is has been under some heat. He says, times of refreshing, refreshing, recovering of breath. In other words, you've been fighting the good fight and you feel like you're out of breath, but times of refreshing, times of recovering, times of restoring, times of re-energizing, recovery. Listen to the definition of recovering. So it says, recovering from the effects of heat. Recovering is to regain or retake Obtaining possession of anything that is lost or stolen. I want to read it again. Recovering is regaining or retaking or obtaining possession of anything that was lost or stolen. It says that times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air. Revive means to restore to life. Revive means to regain life. Revive revive means to regain strength, a new energy. Come from the presence of the Lord. So, so picture this. Picture what he's saying right here. He's saying that we've repented. We've changed our mind. We've got our mind right. We've got our heart right. Say, that's me. He says, turn around and return to God that your sins may be erased and blotted out and wiped clean. Say, that's me. 
that times of refreshing, times of recovering of breath, times of revival, times of reviving, of recovering from the effect of heat. In other words, we position ourselves to regain and retake what has been stolen or lost, of reviving, of restoring to life, of regaining to life, of regaining strength, of a new energy that comes from the presence of the Lord. So right now, God is saying, we are positioned to receive an obtaining and a regaining and a retaking of anything that's been lost and anything that's been stolen in our marriage, in our business, in our physical body, in our soul, in our finances, in our kids. Anything that has been stolen has to march its tail right back into our life. But where does that come from? From the presence of the Lord. From the presence of the Lord. So where do I get this new life? The presence of the Lord. Where do I regain this strength? The presence of the Lord. Where do I get this ability to regain and retake and obtain anything that's lost or stolen? In the presence of the Lord. So no matter how intense the fight has been, you belong in the presence of the Lord. No matter how uh, whatever's been going on, you belong in the presence of the Lord. Remember, you, you, you've made the change in your mind and heart, Right? You're right with the Lord, right? You see yourself. There's no sense of sin, no sense of fear, no sense of condemnation. You're standing in a place to embrace everything God has called and given you. And he's saying, I I want you to walk in restoration. And he goes on in verse 20. And he says, And that he may send to you the Christ, the Messiah, who before was designated and appointed for you, even Jesus, Whom heaven must receive and retain until. Now now picture this. He's saying, verse 20, that he may send to you the Christ. We, We all know that Jesus is coming soon, right? And it says, but whom heaven must receive and retain until. In other words, heaven is holding Jesus until this happens. The time of complete restoration of all that God spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets for ages past from the most ancient time in the memory of man. I want to read it again. Whom heaven must receive and retain until this takes place. Until what takes place? Until complete restoration takes place. How do I position for complete restoration? In the presence of the Lord. Where's the regaining coming from? Where's the reviving coming from? Where's the recovering come from? Where does the refreshing come from? Where is it going to come from? In the presence of the Lord. So he is already uh, setting us up to regain things that have been lost or stolen because we're in the presence of the Lord. And it says that Jesus is being withheld until this takes place. Until what takes place? Complete reviving, complete restoration, complete re-energizing, complete retaking. In other words, us walking into the enemy's camp and taking back everything that is supposed to be ours in the first place. It says everything that the prophets have said, it has to come to pass before Jesus returns. So that makes me begin to perk up my ears. What have the prophets been saying? Well, we could spend days on what the prophet has been saying. But let's look at it. If you go with me to Joel chapter 2. Now, as you're turning to Joel chapter 2, I just want uh, you to write down 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. And it says that we believe in the Lord our God and we are established. Very good thing. Believe in God and we're established, right? But it says, believe in the prophets 
and so shall we prosper. So in other words, don't stop at just believing in God. Believe in the prophets. Believe in the men and women of God that God has set before us. Believe in the inspired Word of God that is coming out of their mouth that is designed to equip us and build us up and to take us to new levels. Anytime God brought people out, it was with the prophetic Word leading the way. And the prophetic Word is there is still a great breaking loose. The prophetic Word, we are in a time of flourishing. The prophetic Word is God desires for each and every one of us to walk in complete restoration. Not a just a, a little dri- a dibble, dribble, one of those little sucker things for a little baby Vic. You know what I'm talking about? A little dropper, a little dropper. Not a little dropper of restoration. He says complete restoration. Complete restoration. What does that look like in your life? Complete restoration. It says if the prophet spoke it, it has to come to pass. And Jesus is being withheld. He might be up and he might be ready to come, but he is withheld until complete restoration takes place in the body of Christ. That means every gift inside of you coming alive. That means every dream inside of you coming alive. It means your purpose beginning to penetrate and push on you even while you're asleep. You wake up and purpose is talking. Gift is talking. Vision is talking. Hunger is talking. That reviving, that regaining, that retaking that comes from where, church? The presence of the Lord. Joel chapter 2, verse 25. Listen to what the prophet Joel spoke. This is God speaking through him. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you, verse 26, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel. I'm the Lord your God and there is no other and my people shall never be put to shame. Now, verse 25, the prophet, remember, it says that Jesus is being withheld until what was spoken by the prophets comes to pass. What is prophet Joel saying? I will restore the years. Has anything been stolen from you in the past years? How about your family in the past years? What has been stolen? You can just write these down. Just just developing a restoration mentality. Psalms 23, verse 3. God says that I restore our soul. Psalms 51, verse 12 says, He restores the joy of our salvation. I'm believing God that He restores the joy. Remember how joyful you were the day that you accepted Jesus? You knew you weren't going to go to hell, but you were going to go to heaven. Remember that joy when you realized that all your sins had been forgiven? You remember the joy that you experienced when you realized the devil no longer had dominion and authority in your life? I'm believing that God restores the joy of your salvation. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17, God says, I will restore health unto you. Spirit, soul, body, financially, socially, relationally, God is restoring God and complete restoration has to take place until... Complete restoration has to take place before Jesus comes back. But you and I both know that God is moved. This transaction takes place by faith. So we've got to start thinking restoration and declaring restoration. Remember Isaiah 42, verse 22? I'm needing somebody who will say restore. Right here, Lord, we're saying restore. Restore our families. Restore our businesses. Restore finances. Restore body parts. Restore eyesight, restore ears, restore lungs, restore pancreases, restore livers, restore in the name of Jesus, restore 
I will restore the years. The years. What happens when he restores the years? Verse 26, what happens? We eat in plenty. When God completely restores, we eat in plenty. What does it look like for you to eat in plenty? Now, now let's go back to our, why do you want plenty? Remember what's your mind, what's your purpose, what's your motive for having plenty? You're blessed to be a blessing, right? It flows to and it flows through. What's your motive for a complete restoration? God says, I will restore. He says, whenever I restore, you will eat in plenty. Plenty. Say, I eat in plenty. plenty. And he goes on and... See where I'm at here. Verse 26, you eat in plenty and be satisfied. The word satisfied means a fulfillment of any need or want. So when God restores, we eat in plenty and there's a fulfillment of any need or want in your life. And he goes on, and you'll praise the name of the Lord your God. Well, how about let's praise him like we're walking in complete restoration before we ever see restoration, right? Isn't that what faith does? The highest expression of faith is thanksgiving and praise. Father, we just praise you. Remember in Romans chapter 4, whenever Abraham, what did he do? It says he became strong in faith, giving praise and glory to God. Father, we praise you and thank you for complete restoration in the body of Christ. Father, I praise you and thank you that marriages are restored, finances are restored, knees are restored, lungs are restored, throats are restored, esophagus is restored, eardrums restored. I thank you for restoration, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we praise you, Lord, that we eat in plenty and we're satisfied. We just give you glory. And then notice what he goes on to say. And it says that God deals with us wondrously and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel and I'm the Lord your God and there is no other. And my people shall never be put to shame. He didn't say it just once. He said it twice. Because you know what, it's, it's shameful when you can't take care of your family. It's shameful when you can't pay your bills on time. It's shameful when you're not able to do what's in your heart to do. He says, when I restore, you're going to eat in plenty. You're going to be satisfied. You're going to praise the name of the Lord your God because I'm dealing wondrously with you. And that that shame that you're walking in right now, no longer do you walk in it. But you've got to make a decision. You're not going to walk in it now as you are walking in the manifestation of restoration. Remember in Joshua chapter 5 verse 9, the children of Israel, they had died out in the wilderness. And so now you had the children that had been raised up in the wilderness. Their parents had died. They wouldn't believe God. They would just gripe and complain and murmur. Remember them? There came a point in time when God raised these kids up. And he says, now you're going over, but before you can go over, I'm going to roll the reproach of Egypt away from you today. He says, this day I'm rolling the reproach of Egypt In other words, he's saying, this day there's an identity change. This day, you're no longer just in bondage. You're no longer going to think bondage, believe bondage, speak bondage. This day, you're going to see yourself where you're going forward and not backwards. This day, you're walking in restoration. This day, you're fulfilling your dream. This day, you're fulfilling your vision. This day, this day. But there has to come a this day. But go back 
to the, to, the, to the foundation of the presence of the Lord because if you stay in the presence of the Lord, you know what? The real you is going to start talking to you. The real you gets fed up with the lack. The real you gets fed up with the sickness. The real you gets fed up with the bondage. The real you realizes that you are created in the image of Almighty God and there is more in you and you begin to declare, restore! And it's not just something that you're flapping your lips about. It's something you're declaring in faith. In Exodus 15, you, you see, what, is this, what does this look like? Um, Exodus 15, go over there with me. Say restore. Now you see that the children of Israel, they were delivered from Egypt. Verse 22, Exodus 15, verse 22. And Moses led Israel onward from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days, 33 miles in the wilderness, and found no water. Now, you think of the miracle that just took place. The Red Sea had opened up. They, had, they had, were delivered from Egypt. They come out on the other side. God released the water, wiped out the enemy. Miracle, right? Here they are. They don't have any water. Look, look what begins to happen in verse 24. And the people murmured against Moses saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree which he cast into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. And there the Lord made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. Go down to verse 2 of chapter 16. God, God showed up, answered their prayer, got them out of the situation. Verse 2. And the whole congregation of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness and said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate bread to the full? For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Think about how they were delivered from Egypt. They came out of Egypt, but Egypt hadn't come out of them. Psalms 95 verse 10, it talks about how the Lord was grieved with the condition that they were in, in the wilderness for 40 years, that they erred in their heart. Can you pull that up there, Psalms 95 verse 10? Look at that, that he was disgusted with that generation, said it is a people that do err in their hearts. Go forward, please. And they do not approve and acknowledge or regard my ways. In other words... They came out of Egypt, but Egypt didn't come out of them. Now, Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 and verse 13 says, You and I, we have been delivered from the power of darkness, and we've been brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Right? The same process that happened with the children of Israel. They came out of Egypt. We came out of darkness. Now, God wanted them to come out of Egypt and come into a place of relationship and understand the character and nature of God, change the way they think, change their purpose, change their vision, change, change the way they thought about things, and then go over and possess the land. But they continually thought like they were in Egypt. Anytime pressure came on, they wanted to go back to Egypt. You and I have the same opportunity. We come out of the kingdom of darkness, and maybe you were in Egypt. Picture the children of Egypt. Here they are. They can't find enough straw. They can't make enough brick. They're used to being whooped. They're used to being talked down to. They're used to, you can't do this. You don't have this. Not enough. Insufficient. You're a loser. You're defeated. list goes on and on and on. This is the way they are programmed to think. So they come out, but they weren't willing to pursue God to change the way they think and change the way they saw themselves. So they 
they never possessed what God had for them because they weren't willing to change the way they think. So when pressure came on, what did they want to do? They wanted to go back. How are you and I doing when pressure comes on? Because maybe you've been delivered from the power of darkness, and yes, you're saved, and yes, you're going to heaven, but whenever pressure comes on, do you go back to the smoking? When the pressure comes on, do you go back to the cussing? When the pressure comes on, do you go back to the drinking? When the pressure comes on, do you go back to the doping? When the pressure comes on, do you go back to the porn? When the pressure comes on, do you go back to, you know, flapping your lips? This looks straight ahead. Nobody, don't squirm. This looks straight ahead. Because this is where we got to get real with ourselves. If we're, because I know you're like me, I don't care to play church. I, I, I want to walk in the things of God. How do we do this? How do we do this? But God says there's, there's coming a day that they weren't willing to come to relationship and change their thinking and change their image and change their identity. So they died off in the wilderness. And so here the kids come up. Thank God for the next generation. Thank God for Joshua and Caleb. I know some of you in here, you're Joshua and Caleb. You have a different spirit, right? That God says, but this day, I'm rolling away the reproach of Egypt. This day, you're being separated. Because we don't want to just get saved and just come right into the borders of Christianity and see how close we can stay to the borders of the world and just stay right here. Well, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven, but pressure comes on and, oh, I want to I veer back over here to the old relationships. I want to veer back over here. No, we want to come out, come up to relationship, get focused where we're supposed to be going, get the heart of God, the mind of God, the will of God, the word of God, the plan of God, the destiny of God, and keep stepping footsteps of a righteous person they're ordered by God and where's God ordering your step to destiny where's God ordering your step to victory where's God ordering your step to complete restoration because that has to happen before Jesus comes back he says this day this day this day this I encourage to to let tonight be a this day this day, this day. Remember, remember. here we are. No, no sense of sin. No sense of fear, guilt, condemnation, fear. Here we are. Ready to be refreshed. Ready to be revived. Ready to regain. Ready to retake. Ready to be restored, right? We're embracing what God is saying. No more going back. No more. You know what Paul said in Philippians chapter 3? He says, this one thing that I've learned, I'm, I'm going to forget what is behind in order to embrace yeah, yeah. what is ahead. See, I, I can't drag my past into my future and embrace everything that God has for me. This day. This day. Remember Pharaoh? I remember Moses? He said, there was a this day. I'm no longer going to wear the, the, the garments of Pharaoh's house. This day. Why? Because the desire, the real him, began to speak louder than what this out here spoke. The real him. See, the real you needs to come alive. You need to give birth to the real you. The real you needs to resurrect. The real you needs a reviving. The real you needs a regaining. The real you needs a, a retaking. When you get into the presence of God, you start, you start taking off the coach. You start being willing to, I'm no longer the addict. Remember blind Bartimaeus? He threw off his garment because he said, I'm drawing a line. There's a this day. I'm no longer identifying with the blind beggar. I'm no longer identifying with the addict. I'm no longer identifying 
There has to be a this day, though, a this day. God says, when I restore, shame is no longer, it, it, it's no longer a part of you. No longer. Go, go to Zechariah 9. My wife is saying, please put back on your shirt, it's wrinkled. She didn't really say that, but she's probably thinking that. <laughs> Zechariah chapter 9. I love you. Yeah. Zechariah chapter 9. This day to this day. We thank restore. We believe restore. We declare restore. We receive restore. This day. This day is a turning point for this church. This day. This day right here. No more shame. No more late bills. No more behind. No more shame. No more shame. Restore. I declare restore. Supernatural restoration. Complete restoration. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 12. Notice the instructions he gives us here. Return to the stronghold of security and prosperity. You prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will restore double your former prosperity to you. I want to read it again. Return to you. Return to the stronghold of security and prosperity. In other words, return your thinking to the way you were designed to think. You prisoners of hope. You prisoners of confident expectation. Return your thinking, because if I return my thinking back to security and prosperity, then I am going to be a prisoner of confident expectation. I'm going to look through this way, and I'm going to confidently expect restoration. And I'm going to look through the window this way, and I'm going to look through the eyes of confident expectation. And I'm going to look out this way, and I'm going to look with confident expectation. And I'm going to look this way, and I'm going to look with confident expectation that my God will restore double of everything that has been taken from us. But we've got to return our mind to the security that God is our security. Return our mind back to God Almighty, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is our provider. That He is a restoring God. Complete restoration. He wants that to take place in your life. In my life. In every one of our lives. Not just a few people's lives. In every one of our lives. This is God speaking to us. Right? But there has to be a this day. This day that I'm not going back. This day, I'm going to thank Restore. This day, I, 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 God wants to do exceeding abundantly above all I ask or think. And I, everywhere I look, it's going to be with confident expectation that God is restoring my life. God is restoring my body. God is restoring my finances. God is restoring my relationships. God is restoring my businesses. God is restoring. Restore! Restore! And what are angels doing? They're hearkening under the words that come out of your mouth. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 30 and 31, when a thief has been found out, he has to repay us seven times everything that he stole from us. We declare restore, and we're going to hold him to it until he marches everything that is ours back into our life. Restore. 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 Isaiah 61, we'll get ready to be done. Developing a restoration mindset. Developing a restoration mindset. So, so what are some things that we're seeing so far? We're seeing that it takes us making a choice and a decision that we're going to position ourselves for restoration. Amen. Right? Yeah. 
we're seeing that when God restores, we're going to eat in plenty and be satisfied, and we're going to praise the name of the Lord our God. We're going to praise God like we are already restored. So we're going to think restore. We're going to believe restore. Remember 2 Chronicles 20, 20, we believe in God and we're established. We believe the words of His prophets, and so shall we prosper. This has to take place, right? So why not be a part of it? But it's going to take place for the people who receive it. It's going to take place to the people who take it. It's going to take place to the people who think restore, believe restore, declare restore. Isaiah 61, verse 3 in the Amplified. It says, to grant consolation and joy. Now this, in verse 3, this is what God is doing in us. To grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion. To give them an ornament, a garland, or diadem of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment expressive of praise instead of a heavy, burdened, and failing spirit. That they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God. The planting of the Lord that He may be glorified. So God is doing a work in us that He may be glorified, right? Verse 4, this is what He wants to do through us. And they shall rebuild. They shall rebuild ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall renew the ruined cities. The devastations of many generations. That's what we've been talking about. Going from devastation to restoration. The devastations. They shall rebuild. They shall raise up. They shall renew. They shall take people from devastation to restoration. Verse 5, aliens shall stand ready to feed their flocks, and foreigners shall be your plowman and your vine dresser. But you shall be called the priest of the Lord. People will speak of you as the ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations, and the glory once that of your captors shall be yours. Now, don't think that he's just talking about fivefold offices of ministry here. He's talking about children of God. Okay? Verse 7, instead of your former shame, you shall have a twofold recompense. Instead of your former shame, remember, here's this word shame again. And what did God say? He says, I'm rolling the reproach of Egypt. I'm rolling the reproach of your past away from you because you've made a decision that this is the day that you're no longer identifying with the old. You're no longer identifying with the hurt. You're no longer identifying with the pain. You're no longer identifying with the old. It's been a this day and you're rolling, rolling away, rolling the reproach, rolling away. I'm so far away from my past, I have to work at even thinking about, who who are you talking about? He says in verse 7, Instead of your former shame, you shall have a twofold recompense. Instead of dishonor and reproach, your people shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double what they had forfeited. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong with violence or a burnt offering. And I will faithfully give them their recompense in truth. And I will make an everlasting covenant or league with them. What is our job? We have learned to position ourselves. So so what do we have to do to develop a, a mentality for restoration? We're changing our mind. We're changing our purpose. We're thinking restore. We're believing restore. We're declaring restore. 
We're praising, thanking God. We are restored. Thank you, Lord, that our family's restored. Thank you, Lord, that our body's restored. Thank you, Lord, that our finances are restored. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Remember, because our purpose is right. Our heart is right. Our motive is right. So restoration, let it come on right now. I am restored. Return your thinking to security. Return your thinking to prosperity. And when you get up in the morning, I want you to become and remember that you are a prisoner of hope. A prisoner of hope. Well, you've heard, well, they, you know, they might have been out of jail, but jail ain't out of them. No, that you're a prisoner of hope. So hope is in you and hope is on you. You think confidently expecting God to show up. You talk confidently expecting God to show up. You believe confidently expecting God to show up. Show up doing what? Restoring. And when He restores, what happens? You eat in plenty. You praise the Lord. You're satisfied. Because we're restored. Say, that's who I am. I'm restored. Now, Father, we just thank you so much for your word. Father, I just ask that this word just comes alive. Father, there's a regaining. I speak over businesses tonight in the name of Jesus, that there's a reviving that comes from your presence. There's a regaining that comes from your presence. I speak to callings tonight, that there's a reviving that comes alive in the name of Jesus for complete restoration. I speak to marriages and families, and I declare restore financially, restore soulishly, restore in those homes in the name of Jesus. Father, I speak to that spot on that lung of somebody that's here or somebody that's watching. And I declare restore in those lungs in the name of Jesus. I speak to that tongue, cancer of the tongue. I curse you in the name of Jesus. And I declare restore in that tongue, new flesh in that tongue. In the name of Jesus, I declare restore. Restore in minds, Father, that we're sharper than ever before. We're skilled in learning, skilled in knowledge, ten times smarter than all. Father, alcohol, drugs that have eaten away at brain cells, I declare restore in the name of Jesus. Restore. That's who we are. We're restored. Finances, you're restored. Bank accounts, restored. In the name of Jesus, restore. Money, you listen to me. You come into the body of Christ in the name of Jesus. Restore. Restore, restore. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor.